You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 73. The other day, I posted something on Instagram about the village and how the village has evolved and changed as more women are working in the workforce than ever before. We have more kids in childcare than ever before. And families have a tendency to not live near their parents. So what does this look like? What does this mean? We had some good discussion over on Instagram and someone was like, will you just do a podcast episode on this? How we can build our village, what that looks like, how to ask for help, uh, how to outsource things, all that jazz. So I did. We're diving in today on how to navigate all this and what does the modern parenting village look like? How do you build yours? It's going to be different for everyone, and I don't think that the village necessarily means that there's a grandparent that lives down the street or that you have family care helping you out or even that you have somebody consistently there. I think it can look different for everyone, and we kind of dive into all that jazz in this episode. I created Awake Kiddos Snoozy Parents, an online sleep class to support parents in finding the root of a sleep challenge and creating an emotionally supportive sleep plan. You get access to the class forever once you purchase it. So a mom reached out the other day to my Instagram DMs and she was like, hey, we have this three-year-old and was sharing the sleep challenges and she was like, and I'm pregnant. And the cool part about this is that when she bought the sleep class, not only is she now getting support for that three-year-old, but she has a guide for this entire new tiny human's life. Well, at least birth to five. When you buy the sleep class, you also get access to my sleep team. You join a private group of everyone else who is navigating this together, and we support you along the way to troubleshoot with you, to answer your questions, and to make sure you have everything you need to get quality restorative sleep. If you want to snag the Awake Kiddos Snoozy Parent Sleep Class today, head on over to awakekiddossnoozyparents.com and come join our Rested Parents Village. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. It's no secret that I firmly believe that kids should be raised in a village. It's also quite obvious that what the village used to be is not the world we live in anymore, and for good reason. It used to be that men went to work and women stayed home and raised the tiny humans and the women all gathered together and raised kiddos together and all that jazz. And then women started working more and leaving the home and kids were in childcare. We have more kiddos in childcare now than ever before. The way that we are raising these tiny humans, the structure of our village has totally changed. And again, 
I'm super down with that because what that means for me, what that means to me is that women are able to go to work if they want to and that there isn't just this expectation that you will be a stay-at-home parent whether you want to or not. I love that we have choice now. However, we got to figure this village thing out, man. So the other day I posted on Instagram about how when I came to Vermont, I was super nervous about leaving the villages I was a part of in Boston. And I had this delicious village, these folks that I absolutely adored, whose tiny humans were consistently in my life and, you know, just the people who like you can show up a hot mess and they're right there to hold your hand and embrace you. And I was worried about starting over again and doing that all again. And gosh, making friends as an adult is hard. It's awkward and it's weird and it's hard and there's no guidebook and I'm working from home. And so it's not like I'm at a workplace where I'm meeting other people as well. So I was really nervous about it. And I had a come to Jesus with Zach where I was just like, man, I'm having a lot of fear around this and I don't know what it's going to look like. But I need you to make some friends at work when we get to Vermont because I'm going to be working by myself at home. And just to give you a little backstory, (laughs) Zach in our relationship is definitely more of an introvert than I am. And he can hang out with anybody. He totally like can get along with anyone. He's super present, loves to chat with people, really loves all people. But isn't usually the one who, like, brings friends into our group because he doesn't ever want to cross the line of maybe this is too personal of a question to ask. And I live my life toeing that line. I'm forever, like, asking questions that are maybe a little too personal. But in doing that, I often, like, get to know people and I figure out, like, who do I want in my close circle and really start to build friendships that way. So for us, a lot of the folks in our Boston world were people that I had met and made friends with that then we all became friends together. So we're coming to Vermont. I'm like, you're in charge of making us friends. And (laughs) it was kind of hilarious. Like he went to work and comes home and I'm like, oh, what'd you learn about the person sitting next to you? It was like this exercise. Poor Zach pushed him right outside of his comfort zone and was just like, I need you to learn these personal details about people so we can figure out who our friends are going to be. Fast forward a year later, uh, all of our friends in Vermont are folks that I became friends with uh, that are now part of our friend group. I love the crap out of Zach, and this we just have different roles here. But anyway, so how did I do it? How did I like build this village? I was reflecting the other day in this Instagram post about how scared I'd been to do it, to build our village, and how awesome it's been. I was leaving the lake the other day after hanging out with our friends and their three-year-old, having a cider down by the lake, and left and was like, oh, this fills my soul that just like that's how I'm spending a Sunday afternoon. And it was one of those days where like everyone's phones are just away, and we're just present with each other. We didn't know what time it was. We didn't like bedtime ended up being too late because we didn't, we just lost track of time. And I love those days. But I was like, wow, how did I find this? How did I build this? And when I posted this on Instagram, so many of you 
We're like, yes, how do you build a village? So I figure we should just have a conversation about it. With spring on the horizon, but not quite here yet in Vermont, I've been looking for simple ways to give my body the energy boost it needs and keep up with healthy habits, especially on those tired mornings when I'm just feeling drained. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel more energized and ready to take on the day. It's a morning ritual that gives me peace of mind and then I'm getting comprehensive nutrition that supports my immune system and keeps me going all day. As a parent of two amazing kids, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so that I can continue to show up for the moments that matter. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm jazzed to welcome them as a new sponsor. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and 5 free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash village. That's drinkag1.com slash village. Check it out. I am loving ready-to-eat meals in this season of life. Things are just really busy over here with a toddler and a newborn, and I don't always want to be focusing on meal planning and ordering groceries. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are chef-crafted and dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. There's zero prep and zero mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup involved, and holy moly, do I need that right now. I also love that I can order as much or as little as I need by choosing my meals every week and I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast restaurant quality meals with no cooking required and there are more than 60 add-ons like pancakes and smoothies to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Head to factormeals.com slash village50 and use code village50 to get 50% off. That's code village50 at factormeals.com slash village50 to get 50% off. Listen, I don't have all the answers ever in life, but here are some things that I have found and that I have seen other folks do that I think are really valuable hot tips and tricks. First of all, I think there are different kinds of villages, right? Like a lot of folks are raising kids and they're not near family. So we'll talk about that. And also family might be a part of your village. And I I think there needs to be room for both familial village and the, what I call family, like the friends who become like family. I think you're going to have a couple different kinds of villages. I think you'll have online villages now that we live in this world of social media. This is something that our parents didn't have to navigate. Like, what role does social media play in our parenthood village? I think it's amazing that we can connect with like-minded folks and folks who come from different backgrounds and perspectives all because of the World Wide Web. 
And I love the crap out of our Seed and Sow Village. I love that we have a community that people turn to all the time in our Facebook group, Seed and Sow, colon, Voices of Your Village, where people just pop in and ask questions like, hey, have a sleep question. Hey, have a question about going home to see my parents and like figuring out how to navigate this with my tiny human when we have different approaches. Or, hey, we're going to be starting a new school. Can you, has anyone walked through this before in terms of doing this transition? What are helpful tips. I love that we have a space where you can come and ask your questions and get support and feel loved. And we have a hard and fast rule in that group where there's no judgment. It is a place where anyone is welcome. You get to show up as you are. I also feel this way on our Instagram community of just like people having each other's backs and supporting each other and Guys, I had I had someone slide into my DMs, and she has followed Seed for a little while. We met via Instagram from her following Seed and So, and she has popped into my Instagram DMs. She's commented on posts. Like I feel like I've gotten to know her a little bit. She's a teacher. She's a mom of two, and she reached out and was like, "Hey." I have been getting so frustrated and losing my cool so much, and the other day, I hit my kid. And I didn't hurt him. It wasn't hard, but I hated how I felt afterward. And I read that and I was like, man, my heart just like sank with her because I know how easy it is to get to your breaking point and how shitty it feels afterward when you're like, man, I, I did something that I now I'm sitting here feeling guilty about, and this isn't the person I want to be or the parent I want to be or the partner I want to be sometimes. And where do we go from there? And I think that a huge, huge part of being a part of somebody's village and of having a village is having a place where it is judgment-free, shame-free. You just get to show up as you are and we're here to support you. And I was like, mama, cheers to you for reaching out for support. It is so hard to say, hey, I'm do- I've done this thing or I'm doing this thing that I don't feel proud of. It's so hard to be vulnerable and it really requires a lot of trust. She knew I wasn't going to shame her for her choices. She knew I wasn't going to share her name with anyone on the internet, in person, on this podcast. I'll never share her name with that story because it doesn't matter. She knew she could come be vulnerable with me and that fills my heart. Here's the thing. I think a huge part of this village stuff, though, is that, like, man, if you, if somebody walks away from the group and you start talking crap about them or you're judging their parenting or uh, you just have rude things to say, then everyone around you knows that there's a chance you're going to do that to them when they walk away, too. If you want to build a village of trust where you can be vulnerable with one another... It can't be a place of judgment. Number two, I think a huge thing in village building is reliability. We've got to be able to rely on each other. So Zach's cousin lives nearby, and I reached out to her when we moved up here. She has a preschooler and is about to have another babe, but reached out when we moved up and was just like, hey, I'm around to help any way that I can. And a huge part of that is that then I have to be there to help whenever I can. 
And sometimes it's going to be inconvenient. There was a time where she had the flu and her partner's working and she's like, I need some help with my preschooler. So I was like, sure, I have this meeting I'm going to today, but he could come with me. It's not a big deal. Like there's definitely space for him. He can be there if you don't mind if I take him with me or yeah, I can help out on this Saturday. Zach and I were going to go to the farmer's market. Like we can pick him up and take him with us. Uh, The thing is that nobody has like large chunks of their day every day that are just like free. And everyone's like, oh, I have nothing going on on this day for all this time. So many of us have pretty packed calendars and life feels really busy. And a huge part of being in the village is being inconvenienced a little bit. When somebody reaches out and says, hey, I need help, saying, all right, let me figure out how I can help you. And that doesn't mean always you're saying yes. It doesn't mean you're putting yourself out there all the time where you're like, oh, I have to fully inconvenience myself all the time. But sometimes it's going to be inconvenient. In fact, most of the time it is. And still we got to say yes, man. We've got to pitch in and help each other out. I also just mentioned another huge thing, asking for help. So many folks are just like drowning in the corner And we don't want to inconvenience anybody. Guess what? We're going to. Asking for help means somebody else probably will be inconvenienced. Even as small as like yesterday, I've been in a little bit of pain in my back and I was on the ground just like laying there with an ice pack on my back. And Zach like made dinner, did the dishes. He was doing all this stuff. And then he was like, Hey, uh, he was like sitting down and I was really thirsty. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to step outside my comfort zone right now and ask him to do another thing for me. I was like, Hey, next time you get up, could you just fill my water bottle, please? And he was like, yeah, totally. And he popped up and he filled it and he came back and it was done. It was over with. And I, but it's, it's crazy because I do this work and I still, I'm like, you guys, we're all victims to this where we don't want to inconvenience somebody else, but man, we've got to, we've got to, because how many of us would say yes, if somebody asked us, if your friend was drowning and said, Hey, life's been really crazy. Could you take my kid on your way to soccer, on the way to soccer practice? Can you pick him up so that we are not doing transpo in the morning? I just need to get some stuff done. Or, hey, my partner's going to be out of town and I have a crazy work week. Would you be willing to like drop off dinner one night if you if you could just make two? Actually, a mom recently reached out and said one of the things that she and her best friend do is on Sundays, one person spends a nice chunk of time cooking. Every other Sunday it rotates. And that person makes meals that they can freeze, that can be like freezer meals, whatever, for the week. Monday through Friday. So weekends you're on your own, but Monday through Friday, one person. So instead of both people spending time cooking every night, let's call them Sarah and Jamie. Sarah cooks this Sunday and she makes meals for five days a week for two families, her family and her friends. The next Sunday, Jamie makes meals for both. And she was like, it's awesome because then none of us, neither of us are doing it every night. And one person every other week is spending some time doing this. 
And guys, it makes total sense. There's so many things that we're doing all the time by ourselves that we don't have to be doing. Like not everybody needs to drive their own kid to school or to practice or to, uh, not everybody needs to go grocery shopping. Like, Hey, I'm running to the store. Can I pick something up for you? We have got to figure out how are we going to tag team this stuff? And part of it is asking for help and saying, man, this part of my day has been really crazy. I'm trying to figure out how to do this. It might even just be saying like, how do you guys do this? Or my partner and I haven't been on a date in forever. We're trying to figure out how to carve out time together more consistently. Do you guys have a plan in place for that? Like, what do you do? How do you make that happen? Another friend of mine, they do sleepovers at each other's house where it'll be like, okay, instead of getting a babysitter, the kids will play and then the kid, they all sleep like overnight. The kids stay overnight and so do the parents and they wake up at their friend's house the next day and have breakfast and head home. And I was like, that's so awesome that like then you're not worried about getting a sitter. You're not like, oh, how am I going to carve out time for this or pay for this or whatever? I just love it. But it takes a lot of vulnerable conversations. Like, hey guys, let's figure this out. This part of my life isn't working. How are you guys doing this? Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. If you're loving this podcast, then you would love our Tiny Humans Big Emotions membership. Every month I go live on a different topic in emotional development so you can ask your questions in real time Then I give you bonus tools for implementing it. And as if that wasn't already jazzy enough, we do a Q&A 
two weeks later so that you can come back and share what's going well and ask questions about things that you want some more support on. I get to guide you through implementing these approaches in real time so that we can raise emotionally intelligent humans together. The coolest part? You can have all of this for less than $15 a month. Less than 50 cents a day, friends. Head on over to tinyhumansbigemotions.com to join us for our next live workshop. Now, how do you find these people? So if you're like me, you're just a giant ball of awkwardness. And I am literally that person who's like, hey, had a really good time hanging out today at the playground or like there with kids. Like, oh yeah, you sound really great. Can I get your number? I'd love to hang out. Like I am just gonna come right up and throw that out there. And honestly, I think we have to sometimes. Like I think we have to put ourselves out there a little bit. Uh, It might be your neighbor. It might be someone you're consistently seeing at the playground. It might be someone who has a kid in your kid's class or on their team or... It might be someone at work who you know also as a kid or that you just connect with and you're like, hey, I enjoy hanging out with you. I would love to grab coffee or to grab a drink. But here's the thing. If you're going to say I'd love to do that, then you have to be reliable because that's how we hold, that's how we form trust. And from trust, we can then be vulnerable. But if you are not a reliable person, if every time someone asks you for help, you say no, or you have something else going on, or every time someone else, someone asks you to get together or whatever, they're just going to stop asking if you always have a reason you can't, or you're not showing up in their life. If you're not reliable, they aren't going to trust that you're going to stick to your word when you say, Hey, I'd love to get coffee sometime. If you wouldn't love to get coffee, don't throw it out there. Like, hey, it was really nice seeing you. That's it. It's going to be awkward for a second, but then you move on. Also, let's get real. We have got to stop cleaning our houses for the people in our village. If you feel like in order to hang out with these people, you have to spend hours cleaning and make sure everything is perfect and you have to put on this facade of being a perfect parent and having all your shit together and yada yada, then you're not going to want to hang out with these people because it's going to be too much of an undertaking. But if you're like, hey, come on over. House is a disaster. We live in it. Uh, We don't have a whole lot in the fridge, but we can figure something out or we could order a pizza or we could whatever. But come on over. I'd love to see you. Great. There it is. And you've got to accept that like what we've done now with emotional development is we just like pull everything inside, right? So I was recently visiting a friend and they, I like watched this happen where like in public, everyone was like, wow, they're such a calm parent. They're so patient. And what I saw was that like in public and around other people, they were super calm and super patient and they kept their cool. And then they were exploding behind closed doors because they were hitting their patients like block and, or like, I guess, I don't know, patients block at the top of their patients. And I was like, ah, I feel like this is a common thing. Well, we want it to look like everything's perfect in public. And then once those people leave, everything just kind of goes downhill. (laughs) And really what I would rather see, I would rather see your tiny human throw a tantrum 
and for you to just respond to it in this, which might mean they get to keep throwing a tantrum for a little bit. We were at a friend's house recently and her kiddo had a popsicle after dinner and then wanted another one. And they said no. And naturally this three-year-old's upset that they said no. And she's throwing a tantrum and mom turned to me and said, oh, I'm so sorry that this is happening. And I was like, no, like this is life, man. You don't have to apologize for your kid having emotions and for you responding to them. This is life. In fact, if she throws a tantrum for the next 10 minutes, that's okay too. Like we don't need to make it look like everything's perfect because then everyone around you is looking at you and your quote unquote perfect life. And it's like, oh man, I have to be that too. And that's just BS, man. If we're really going to have villages that have meaning, we have got to show up as our authentic selves. And it means we're going to have to be vulnerable. Like letting your kid have a tantrum might be vulnerable for you because you then want to trust that that person that you're with isn't going to walk away and think that you're a shitty parent. Because sometimes those are the narratives I think we're telling ourselves. And so we put those words in other people's mouths too. We're like, oh, this is what they're going to think of me because this is what I'm thinking of myself because my kid is throwing a tantrum. And that work we have to do together, folks. But I think if we're going to really have these villages, you've got to put yourself out there. Go to these in-person groups. Like, do, is there a yoga class that has, like, other parents in it? Or are there parent meetups anywhere? Does your kid's school have things going on that you can go and connect with people? Uh, in my classroom, one of the parents was like, oh, I'll organize once a month. They met at a playground. You didn't have to go. It was totally optional. But she was like, hey, I want to connect with other people from this school. Can I have anyone's email? address that's interested in these like monthly hangs and then some people from there like met each other and connected and then were able to continue to hang outside of there uh there are also so many facebook groups i know in burlington like there's a moms of burlington facebook group there's btv moms blog there's like so many there's stay-at-home moms there's i guess it's pretty mom heavy we also have the dad guild here that has formed so that's rad but find your online groups and then go and say like, hey guys, I'm feeling like I need to connect and build my village. Is anyone interested in a meetup here at the playground on Saturday or snagging coffee at this time? Like kids welcome, whatever, like figuring out how do you organize that? But you might have to organize that. Even if it's not in your nature, sometimes building your village means showing up to things where you don't know anybody yet and starting. You just have to show up and start, man. So your homework is to ask for help when you need it. Show up for those around you. It might just even look like, hey, I'm making a casserole tonight. I can make two if you guys want. I will just do this for you for dinner or whatever. Or just drop it off. Don't give them a choice. Like just show up for each other and people will show up for you too. All right, I want to continue this conversation. Come on into our Facebook group, Seed and Sow, colon, Voices of Your Village, and let's chat about it. Let's talk about, like, what are the pain points for building your village? Where are you guys running into obstacles? What part of this makes you feel really freaking uncomfortable? Let's dive in, man. This is so stinking important. We have to figure out how to connect with one another because we're just not meant to do this alone. All right, I'll see you on Facebook or over on Instagram at seed.and.so, S-E-W. 
Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're aiming more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.